Hello and welcome along to the Punters Podcast. This is episode 95. My name is Sam Langston and I'm joined as always by Anthony Olsen and Tom Love. It's international football, a Premier League football back in this weekend. Coming up on this week's episode, we're going to be talking the return of the Premier League preview in the four live televised fixtures. We're also going to take a little trip to France as well to take a look at Patrick Vieira's Nice as they host Ligue 1 champions Paris Saint-Germain before concluding as per usual with our best bets and long shots. With that being said then, fellas, let's get stuck straight in to the Saturday 12.30 kickoff between Everton and West Ham United. Everton here, shade of odds on at 9-10, to 10, the draw 13-5 to 5, and West Ham 11-4. And come to you first then, mate. I mean, this is a massive game from certainly Marco Silva's perspective, isn't it, with his side languishing in the relegation zone? Few where has it gone wrong for Everton this season? Is it solely Marco Silva to blame, or is there deeper, maybe underlying problems at the club? Yeah, I mean, it looks like um, they've just recruited in a very strange way last season, and then I think they had about forty number tens, didn't they, or something like that? They had a, they had a few. Um, <laughs> so I think it's not all down to him, but he's he's certainly not inspiring any of those players at the moment. Um, I was quite surprised to see them uh, favourites for the game. I know they've got a, a decent record at home. I know they performed better at home, should I say. Um, but I th- West Ham look a bit big there to me, to be honest. I know that they're, they're, they're a little bit shaky themselves. Um, so I think you probably want to get the draw on side as well, just in case. Um, one bet that did stand out was West Ham or draw in the double chance market, which was uh, 97 to 100. Uh, so it was just a bit odds on, but I think West Ham have been a bit better than than most would have believed. I know they had that pretty disappointing defeat against Crystal Palace last time out, but by and large they've been pretty decent. Everton have been struggling to score goals. Um, I think they're one of our scorers in the league. Uh, they're going to be all well, the captain, Seamus Coleman, could make a big difference in terms of the way they go forward. Um, I just none of the none of what Everton have done so far inspires me um, to certainly put them up and back them at home, which is a, a bit of a shame, really. Um, but I think for a bit of interest, I think that West Ham or draw, I think that could be a, a nice little angle into it, to be honest. Um, West Ham, I think they're capable of going and getting a victory. They can be a little bit shaky at times, particularly away from home. I think they enjoy playing at home more, but with Everton and the way their crowd is, I think they got a goal down and Marco Silva out chance could be could be coming out. So I think it's a really pivotal game. Everton haven't won uh, a twelve thirty kickoff in the last eight games, which I don't know if you want to live or die by that stat, but <laughs> it's certainly pretty interesting. Um, and they've also not kept a clean sheet in, in six games. Um, so I don't think I could be too strong. I don't know why they're strong favourites here, but yeah, so I think West Ham will draw. I'll have a point on that. Um, yeah, hopefully we can have a, a decent entertaining game as well. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Um, Tom, from your perspective, you know, what's going wrong at Everton? Do you think it's solely down to Marco Silva? No, um, I just think the, the strikers haven't 
been clinical enough. Uh, mm. If you look at Everton on the data, they're actually really good. They're top six for expected goals ratio. Um, and considering they're in the relegations on at the minute, there's, I think there's, they've got to have been a little bit unlucky, to be honest. I, I get why Everton fans aren't really on Silver's side, um, because he's spent 100 million for the last couple of transfer windows, and they've regressed, if anything. Um, it's just weird that when Moyes was there back all them years ago, they didn't really spend much money, but they were constantly kind of fifth or sixth, and since then they've decided to spend money, and they've kind of dropped off. But I, I think they've got a good chance here, because West Ham are so far away from home, under Pellegrini at least. Um, they're they actually lost the expected goals battle at home against Palace, which I was surprised about. So it wasn't a lucky win for Palace, that. Um, Hammers are actually giving up uh, an average of over two expected goals per game. So they've been really lucky defensively. Like on the XG data, um, they should have conceded 16.5 goals this season, whereas they've only conceded 11. I think a big part of that is Fabianski, who gets a lot of um, lots lots of attention really from West Ham fans, but it's fully deserved because he's he's kept them in games. Um, so Everton here, they've got they've got to win this for a lot of reasons. I'd be surprised if they didn't. In all honesty, they've just got to take the chances here. I think the international break came at quite a good time for them. Um, to be honest, I think after that they might get a few bodies back, but they brought uh, Gabamin in and he got injured straight away and Idrissi Gay's gone, which is probably a contributing factor to, uh, as Ant said, they've been, they've conceded in the last six, whereas towards the end of last season they were keeping plenty of clean sheets. Uh, they're, they're just not as good in that department anymore. But if they can get it to quick going forward here, I, f- I think they've got a as good chance against West Ham as they do against anyone. So I think Everton to win at 21 to 20. I get why people would kind of shrug at that and think, why, why would you back that? But in the data, West Ham have, have been really poor defensively and Everton have been really unlucky. So I'm kind of banking on um, that to kind of come true here. And um, I'll have two points on that Everton to win. But uh, that would be my only real bet in this. Uh, I do think they need the win and I do think they'll get it, actually. Yeah, interesting one. Like you said, Tom, uh, Everton doing quite well on the data side of things, just not being very clinical, got exactly the same written here. I mean, I've been quite, quite uh, critical myself about Marco Silva. I do think he's a little bit too maybe one-dimensional in his approach, but their underlying process, as you said, Tom, it's not as bad as their results suggest. They're actually ranking eighth, uh, sorry, sixth in the expected goals ratio. West Ham are um, ranking seventh in the same metric, but the big difference is they've been clinical with taking their chances. Everton have only taken 5.88% of their overall attempts, whereas West Ham are nearly up at about 12%. So that's a massive difference uh, there. Having said that, like we have said, West Ham, they do concede chances, especially on the road. So I do think there's a good opportunity that Everton do score here. And with that said, I do think the game sets up well 
for goals and you can back over two and a half at four to five with Betfair. I'll have a point on that. As you said, Everton desperate for a win after losing five of their last six here. And given that, you know, West Ham will probably see this as a great opportunity to go to Goodison Park themselves and get three points on the board. I do think it sets up for a really entertaining game. Just touching on Lucas Fabianski as well. Tom, I think he's been massive for West Ham myself this season. And when you're looking at these potential over-under bets, I think goalkeepers do come into the equation. So the fact that he's out, I think that's a plus in the overbook as well. And finally, just from a market maybe point of view, from a price point of view, just looking at this overline, it opened up around 7 to 10. It's already shifted out about 7, 7% to 4 to 5 and uh, from a West Ham perspective, the overline has been backed in massively, been really supported um, away from home, especially this season. So in simple terms, you're getting value if you're backing the overline, the overline nice and early. So happy to have a point on over two and a half goals at four to five here. Do think it will come in and it's a little bit overpriced for me. Let's move on to our second game. Then chaps, Crystal Palace versus Manchester City. Crystal Palace here 9 to 1, the draw 5 to 1, and Man City 1 to 4. And I mean, this is a big boost for Pep Guardiola having John Stones and Kevin De Bruyne back potentially in the squad this weekend. I suppose it's crucial they really win this game and put the pressure on Liverpool being, you know, eight points behind them. What do you think of this uh, game or their chances coming to Sowers Park? Um... Yeah, it's normally seen as a as a tricky game, isn't it, for, for City? But I think the record's actually not too bad um, in the last couple of games. I know they, they had that shock defeat at home when they lost 3-2, thanks to that uh, Townsend goal. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a, a terribly tricky game for them. They, they are very, very good. We've, we've spoken before about how we expect Palace to struggle. Um, later on in the season. Um, I think they're going to struggle here. I, I, I think City will win. Whether... I don't... I, just touching on that John Stones point, I'm not sure whether he makes them uh, invincible at the back. <laughs> John Stones has, um, has often made a few mistakes in his career, but he does make them better with the ball, so that might help. Um, one angle I look... I didn't really like any particular angle for a match winner but it was in the cards market um james MacArthur was uh four to one now he doesn't pick up a ton of cards but i just thought with the match situation and he's going to be coming up against probably a city team who are going to be in uh, they're gonna have a uh, <laughs> kick up the arse aren't they from pep um you might say they have a pep in their step and there you go <laughs> um sorry <laughs> yeah i just think they're, they're gonna have a they're gonna have to, a bit of a job on their hands you know kuyate gonna have to do a lot of work and and so is james MacArthur. and then now he gets forward quite a lot james MacArthur. um i just looked at it and thought it was four to one i didn't really like any other angle in, in this game it's quite short you both teams to score and city win was like 13 to 8. i just thought that was that was pretty short for what you've got to expect from a game uh, particularly with Palace um, not being the biggest scorers. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'd be happy just to have a point on that. But yeah, City have definitely got to win this game um, because United could do anything against Liverpool um, just because of that, the, it being a big rivalry and a big derby. So yeah, I think City will win pretty comfortably, I think. But um, hopefully James MacArthur finds his way into the referee's notebook. Cards for and then Tom, where are you looking in terms of maybe finding a little bit of value in this game? 
Um, yeah, I, I mentioned the thirteen to eight on City to win, and both teams to score. And I agree, it's not it's not the best price going. Um, but instead of backing that, I'll actually Dutch two correct scores, which gives us a bit more bang for our buck. I think obviously, um, you are getting less options, but. I'll have half a point on the 2-1 correct score and half a point on the 3-1 correct score as well to Man City. Um, I do think they are vulnerable at the back. We went on about the chances that they were giving away, the really presentable uh, chances, and it's it's just down to poor passing. I think in, um, in, in their defensive half, really, and they kind of leave themselves 2-1-1, 2-1-2 a lot. And that's going to be dangerous if you've got the likes of Zaha and uh, Ayu, who will be at the top of the pitch with plenty of pace about them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Zaha stays wide here or if they kind of play him more down the middle. Um, but if he does play on the left, I think Kyle Walker to be carded at 11-2 with Unibet looks like a really good price. Um so I'll have one point on uh, Walker to be carded as well. Just because whoever's playing right back against Zaha tends to pick, pick up a yellow card. We saw Fredericks um, fouling pretty much constantly. He got a card in that game two weeks ago. And if you get any right back against Palace above 3-1, to one, I don't think it really matters if they've got uh, previous in the card stakes because... Um, they don't come up against anyone as tricky as Zaha. I think he was only behind Eden Hazard last season for the most fouled player in the Premier League, and that's not surprising. Zaha is showing some form now, um, which is a boost. But it's a start of a tough run for Palace, and um, I think uh, one of the most underrated signings in the summer, to be fair, it was uh, Gary Cahill they picked up on a free just because wealth of experience is is coming in he's dislodged a, a pretty good centre-half partnership from last year with Tompkins and Mamadou Sako um, he, now it's Cahill and Martin Kelly but they've, they've both done really well um, but they're coming up against a City side with De Bruyne back and the amount they create when the Belgian is about is just unbelievable so yeah, Man City should get a couple of goals here, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they concede two. So um, I'll Dutch the two one and the three one. Uh, combine them, you, I think you end up with about a about a three to one shot uh, if one of them wins. Maybe a bit bigger, um, and Walker to be carded as well. Uh, too big at eleven to two. Yeah, absolutely in agreement with you, Tom. Cheers! You've actually just reeled off my uh, long shot for this weekend, Dutching the. <laughs> 1-2 and the 1-2 and the 1-3. Uh, the 1-2 Man City is 10-1 to with Bet Victor. The 1-3 City is 11-1 to with Bet365. So getting some really decent prices on them, I think. Just an observation from me. I mean, I've mentioned subtly on the podcast before how Pep Guardiola's got an excellent record um, when his Man City sides have dropped points in the previous game. The record is actually absolutely outstanding. Uh, won 11 of 12 in the Premier League after dropping points in the previous week. And actually 10 of those 11 wins have ended up in 2-1 or 3-1 scorelines for Man City. So I think the 10-1, to 1, the 11-1, to 1, excellent value. Happy to back that for my long shot this weekend. So nothing really to add to that when we uh, 
finally get onto the long shot at the end of the podcast, lads. But um, Sorry, let's uh, I, I didn't know that. I'll be yeah, honest. So, well, the thing is, we, we usually like reel them off at the start of the podcast, don't we? But that's a rookie area on my part this weekend. So, <laughs> no worries, mate. No worries. Uh, right then, boys. Let's uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool then. Let's move on to that one. Obviously, the big one this weekend. Manchester United here, 15 to 4, the draw 3 to 1, and Liverpool as short as 4 to 6. I mean, first thing first from me, then, boys, I thought there was some elite punditry from Danny Mills in midweek when he did this little uh, combined 11 between Liverpool and Manchester United. Some of the comments on there after he chose no Manchester United players in his uh, combined 11 were absolutely fantastic. But and on a serious one, I mean, Paul Pogba and David De Gea both out for Manchester United here. You need them really far in if they had any chance in this game. For me, what do you think of this four to six on Liverpool? I mean, even with De Gea and you know Pogba, right, it's very short, isn't it? Uh, yeah, because Liverpool can see quite a lot of shots, don't they? Is that right? I think yeah. they do. Um, yeah, I, it is quite short, but Liverpool have to win this game if they're gonna go and win, um, win the league. This is the game. This is this will. You asked me last week who, who this who's going to win the league. If, if they win this this game, then it's on. Like it's really on. Um, I with those two players missing, De Gea is really good with the ball at his feet. I'd say, and I think Romero is going to come in. And we've seen a few mistakes from him before. Liverpool's pressing game will be led by Firmino, um, and he's really really good at it. It, it. Liverpool's pressing game is is superb. Um, I think they can get a bit of joy in this game. Liverpool, I think they haven't won here since 2009, maybe. I think Torres, uh, rinsing Vidic comes to mind. Um, so I do really fancy Liverpool. I don't really like the price, but I do fancy them. Um, one uh, particular angle I liked was was for me you know, to score at any time in the game. He's been really good away from home. He's good at good on set pieces. We scored him score against Chelsea as well. Um, he scored three goals in four away games this season, and he's eleven to five to score at any time in this game. I think he makes them a lot better. I think he gives them a big focal point at the top of the pitch. Um, and as I've mentioned, impressing defensively, he's, he's really good as well. Um, I really like the look of it. I, I like the look of 11-5. for. A, I think he's always the forgotten one out of the three. Um, probably because he doesn't score as much, but his, his record's pretty good. Um, but I really like that angle. Um, and I just want to add, I think Danny Mills is a bit of um, is a bit silly doing something like that. So just touching on that again. Um, there'd be plenty of players you could get in that Liverpool side. <laughs> he's a proper uh, wind-up merchant, Danny Mills, isn't he? Certainly, <laughs> Tom. Just from your perspective, mate. I mean, this four to six on Liverpool. Like we said, it is very, very short. They actually opened up around even money, so that's about a fifteen percent shift after the news that David De Gea and Pogba have uh, not been playing this weekend. What's your uh, perspective on that? Do you think it's too short, or is it still backable? I think, I think it's fair. I don't think it's unfair. Is it backable? Mm. No, I don't really like backing anyone when they when they get kind of shorter than four to five, really. Um, but it, if you saw Liverpool at four to six away at I don't know Palace or Southampton, that'd be snaffled up. But just because it's Man United and it's a name, four to six seems short to some people, which I don't 
I don't really buy into that. Um, Man United are no better than any kind of average Premier League team. I've said that for a couple of years now, um, and I stand by that. So I think Liverpool are fair favourites. Um, there's a bit of a doubt over Salah whether he'll uh, start here, though. Um, I think if he doesn't, then they might drift back out to near even money, um, which will be probably probably be fair. Um, but United have so many injuries. I was looking at the potential injury list and there's up to 11 players who could be out here. Um, so if he's going to play the likes of Wan-Bissaka and Dan James, um, they're not going to be 100% from what I can gather. Uh, whereas Matip's back fit for Liverpool, which is a big boost. He's been class. And Ant mentions that Liverpool give up a lot of shots. Uh, I think that was true um, nearer the start of the season. Uh, definitely was, actually. But kind of in recent times, they've reverted back to what they were good at last season, and that's keeping chances to a premium. That 2-1 win against Leicester, uh, Leicester only created an expected goals of 0.1, um, and they managed to score from it. So their only chance they managed to score from that. And Liverpool generated an expected goals of above three, so it wasn't a lucky win, even though in, in the context of how the game played out, it might look like that. They did deserve it. Um, but away from home, Liverpool, I can't back them on any kind of handicap, uh, so I won't be looking at Liverpool minus one on the edge in handicap or anything here. Um, but I will back Liverpool to win by one goal, which is 11-4 to four with Skybet. Just have a point on that. Um, I think it does appeal whenever they're playing away from home. I've backed it a few times myself last season, this season, and it has landed uh, in three of the four away wins this season. Liverpool, um, and I can see it being <coughs> tight game, a one nil or two one here for me. Um, I was looking at the underline at eleven to ten. I think that that's value, but I could see a two one scoreline that so kind of puts me off a little bit. That. Um, so yeah I'll, I'll leave that bit alone um, I'll add my two pence on Danny Mills I think the guy's an absolute insert bleep here because uh, some of the stuff he comes out with oh, I've seen something pre-season where he was on about Sheffield United oh, yeah. and that they're, they're a long ball merchant team they're, they're full of English players so they'll run hard and they'll do this and they'll do that They'll make it hard, but ultimately there's no quality there. <sighs> How do people like that get a job in the media? I don't know when there's a lot of people who understand um, how Sheffield United operate. Just, if you don't know, just shut up and don't speak. Um, and he's obviously done that to rile a few Man United fans and get his, um, uh, his profile up again. But I, I think he's, <laughs> it is fair enough in a way because... No Southampton players are getting to Liverpool's team either, so I, I agree with him in one sense. But the guy, the guys are uh, not not a nice bloke in my book. Um, back to the football, I've got my rant over over Mills. Um, Man United. I was looking at their the players in the passes market. It's not something I tend to go into, um, but I thought some of the the lines on these were quite low, uh, and I presume that's because 
Liverpool will implement a high press, um, so it kind of gets them to rush their passes. But Lindelof um, is averaging 65 passes per game. For Man United, a pass success rate of 85%, which is quite a lot. And I think there's always value in centre-halves in these passes market, um, just because you just tend to see it more and more these days, teams playing out from the back, keepers just passing it straight to the centre-halves and they keep the ball, and I think Liverpool, if they go up, they might tend to sit back a little bit, because they know that Man United don't have the quality on the ball. Um, so Lindelof, to have 55 or more passes, is actually 9-2 to two with Skybet, which I think is a bit of an odd price, given them stats, averaging 65 passes, as I say, success rate of 85%, so... That I'd expect that to be <laughs> kind of two to one. Um, I think nine to two's got to be value there, so I'll have one point on that as well. It's just something that did ca- catch my eye. Um, it might it might just get pressed out of the game, but I think it's worth chancing at that price, to be honest. Yeah, it looks an intriguing angle that one, Tom, and I think it's safe to say that we're not very uh, much inclined to agree with Mr. Danny Mills on many things either. Uh, keeping it simple for me, I'm going to back both teams to score no at 5-4 to four with Bet Victor. I'm going to have a point on that. I thought that was a real uh, standout piece of value, to be fair. Um, earlier, Tom, you mentioned the underline. I think it was around about 11-10. to 10. Um, did have a look at that, but it has been backed in quite significantly already. So I do think this is an alternative angle that I'm happy to get involved with. Just touching on Paul Pogba, I know he gets a lot of flack, a lot of stick, but I do think he's a massive miss creatively for Man United. And, you know, we've talked about it before, this Man United team, their real problem is creating chances. They're generating just 0.52 expected goals from open play, excluding the set pieces and pens, which is one of the worst in Europe. So... When you put all that together in Liverpool's more improved defensive record over the last few weeks, I think both teams have scored now at 5-4. to four. I think that's a really nice angle into this game. Let's move on to Sheffield United versus Arsenal then, fellas. Sheffield United here 13-5. to five. The draw 11-4 to four, and Arsenal a touch of odds on at 19-20. And let's touch on uh, Sheffield United first then and Chris Wilder because... I mean, personally, I really rate Chris Wilder. I think he's an excellent manager, gets his team very well drilled, very well organised. How do you see this one panning out for Sheffield United? I think this is a person, personally, I think this is a potential banana skin for Arsenal. Oh, yeah, yeah, it could be, actually. Um, (laughs) I think I remember um, Sheffield United winning 1-0 back in the day, about 2006, Christian Nade uh, scoring. So, it could be something like that. I don't see Arsenal not scoring, though, to be honest. I think they're really good going forward um, with Aubameyang up front. But you mentioned Chris Wilder there. He's a really good manager. Anyone who can get overlapping centre-halves into his football team is a, is a winner for me. Um, and he just he's inspired that that City as well. Um, you know, they, they were really struggling in, in League One. And um, he's managed to find a system and he's stuck with it through the league. So... He's done really, really well, and he's got one of my um, one of my favourite uh, strikers in the football league, Billy Sharp. I, I really like watching him play and seeing him score goals in the Premier League. Start of, start of the season was really, really nice to see. I I really like him. I think he's a great guy, um, and he's just a, he's a really good footballer as well. He's never been one that's really made it in the Premier League, so I don't think he he'll, 
he's, I'm not sure whether he's got tons of goals this season, but it's great to see him in there. Um, to the game, though, I think Arsenal... Obviously, they got the clean sheet against Bournemouth last time out, but Bournemouth can be... I think they can be a bit hit and miss, particularly away from home. Um, I know at home they're really good. It's a really tight pitch down there as well, and really difficult place to go. Um, I like Arsenal. I think they've, they've got... Going forward, I like them anyway, and I think they might just have a little bit too much. That clean sheet would be a bit of a red herring for me, though. I think Sheffield United are a good, well-organised side. I'm not too sure on the stats when they're going forward, but they look pretty good and solid. I think they can cause a few problems. Arsenal don't look after the ball as well as they used to. Um, I'm not sure why that is, maybe because they are a little bit ponderous, particularly with Xhaka in midfield, but... um, I think I like the look of both teams to score and win for Arsenal. I like the only reason I'd say Arsenal is because I think they've probably just got a little bit too much up front and going forward. Um, in Aubameyang, they've got a tremendous striker. Uh, I think both teams to score and win was five to two. Um, so I think I probably have a point on that. But I also liked um, Aubameyang. Uh, he's even money to score any time. Um, He's got seven goals this season. He is their main striker. He's going to play every game for me if he's fit. Unai Emery is not going to drop him. Um, I don't think he can afford to. I think the Arsenal fans will be up in arms. Um, I really like that that angle as well. So I think I'll probably have another point on that. Um, it should be a cracker on Monday night. It really should be. It could be um, could be pretty much end to end. I think, um, and it'll be certainly the atmosphere will be really really good. Um, so I'm quite excited by seeing this game, actually. I think I've got to give it a, a good watch. So hopefully it'll be better than that United game that was on Monday night the other week. So that'll be good. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I don't think uh, it could get much worse than that, could it, to be fair? Uh, Tom, from your perspective, I mean, Arsenal, I mean, I talked about them last week potentially being, you know, having a few reservations about them with their data. In terms of this game, what do you think about them? Do you think it sets up well for them or are you back in Sheffield United? Well... There's a couple of rules I have in betting and backing Arsenal to win away from home. Odds on is one of them. <laughs> of them yeah, uh, I've never done it and I don't think I will. Just be, I don't get why anyone could be attracted to them at odds on with their record away from home. Um, uh, they've won just four of the last seventeen in in the league away from home. And that were against pretty poor sides. Uh, one were against Watford, who were down to 10 men for the majority of the game. Um, one was against Huddersfield. Uh, a couple of other pretty poor teams as well. So can't be backing them at that price. I actually think the price on Sheffield United at 3-1 to one with Bet Victor is too big. So I'll have one point on that because I think they can get a scalp here. Um under the lights at Bramall Lane, which is a fantastic stadium I've been to a few times. They'll be bang up for it. Wilder, he'll have been looking at this game for a while. Um, Arsenal obviously had a lot of players on international duty. Same can be said for Sheffield United a bit, but um, they're mainly players based in the UK, so they haven't done tons of travelling. It's not like they've been going to America and... um, Asia and places like that so I think they'll be bang up for it um, yeah I just think they're too big because I, as I say Arsenal are, are very vulnerable on the road um, 
surprised to see the underline uh, under two and a half goals bigger than five to four. Um, because if you look at Sheffield United's last five games, um, BTTS no has landed in all five. Uh, under 1.5 has landed in four of the five, and under 2.5 has landed in all of them. Um, so I, I, I hope it's a good game. Um, it always is interesting, at least, watching Sheffield United. They are one of my favourite teams to watch, even if the games don't provide many goals. It, it is um, an interesting watch, at least. Um, but yeah, I, I think they've got a chance here to score. Um, a goal or two, but I, I quite like the look of under three on the Asian goal line, which is four to five with Bet Victor again. I'll have two points on that. It basically means that uh, the only way you lose money is if there's four or more goals scored, and I, I just can't see that personally. It's a very high um, threshold that if exactly three are scored, then we get our money back. So I think there's a nice bit of insurance with uh, that selection as well. So I could see Sheffield United maybe edging this um, 1-0 or 2-1, personally. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm expecting quite a low-scoring game compared to Arsenal away games uh, in the last couple of years, at least. Yeah, I mean, uh, like we sort of touched upon, I've got massive reservations about Arsenal, especially away from home. I have found it a little bit difficult to find uh, any value in this game personally but just touching upon Arsenal I mean I really like Unai Emery as a bloke I think he speaks a lot of sense and some of his tactical ideas uh, are interesting um, I've just got massive reservations about his side um, I think they're getting on getting by based upon their offensive quality up front Aubameyang, Lacazette, Nicola Pepe when he comes into form um, but that's not really a healthy recipe for success just a couple of stats here, only Newcastle, Norwich and Bournemouth for performing worse based on Arsenal, based upon expected goals ratio. And only Norwich and Villa conceding more attempts per game. No goalkeeper has had to save more shots this season in the Premier League than Bernd Leno as well. So defensively, all that's adding up to um, having with Arsenal having a real bit of struggle this season. I think it's clear to see on the pitch tactically as well. Like I said, massive reservations about them in terms of this game. I'm not going to back anything, but like you, Tom, can't be backing Arsenal odds on away from home. Well then, boys, European game of the week time. Glad to be going over to Liga this week for the first time. One of my favourite uh, leagues in Europe, to be fair. So no mention of it being a farmer's league, if that's all right. <laughs> uh, nice here, 7-1. <laughs> The draw 16 to 5 and Paris Saint Germain are 4 to 9. And to you, a fan of French football, um, first up, and I mean, from my point of view, this is quite a tasty game on paper to have on Friday night. Would you be offended if I say I thought it was boring because Paris Saint Germain would it be? Well, I'd probably agree with that, to be fair. I'd probably agree yeah. in some ways, okay. but. Yeah, okay, yeah, so. I don't really, I'm going to say, no, I don't really follow it, but having a little look at the the recent results from Paris Saint-Germain, they're actually doing a lot better than I thought they were. Um, keeping a lot of clean sheets in, in games. Um, I think they had a surprise defeat. At home, was it home to Remy's? Remy? Yeah, Rams. Damn, yeah. Rams. That right, maybe. yeah work on your pronunciation, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I yeah I think 
if I was going to have a bit of entertainment um, in this game, Paris Saint-Germain to win to nil, the 17 to 10 with uh, 8 8 sport. Um, he seemed to keep clean sheets pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really put much forward more than that, but I think for a little bit of entertainment, yeah, maybe a point on that, 17 to 10. They seem to do pretty well. They've only conceded four goals in the league this season. Um, I know they're playing Nice, who scored 12, but it'd be a big test of what they can do against a really good side. Um, certainly a star-studded side as well. So, um, yeah, I'd probably go with that. And Tom, I hope you're going to give me a bit of love for Liga. Like I said, one of my favourite leagues. I know you follow it as well. What have you uh, made of PSG up until now? Ten clean sheets in their 12 games. I know they've lost twice, but they are still top of the table. I think that defensive process has improved massively with Marquinhos and Idrissa Gay in that midfield, personally. What do you think about them in this game here? Tough game in Nice. Yeah, um... To be fair, I don't follow French football as much as I do Spanish or German football, but I do keep a keen eye on it. Um, Yeah, PSG were really savvy, I thought, in the transfer window. No real stars that they signed, but Idrissa Gay, we saw what he was about at Everton, and um, they've kind of gone downhill since he's left, and I'm not surprised because... Breaks up play so well. He keeps the ball well. Um, he just does an important job. And I expected him uh, to come in and Marquinhos to drop back into centre-half. But to be fair, when I've seen Marquinhos play holding midfield, he's, he's looked very, very good, very efficient. And I can remember seeing him at Old Trafford last season, boss the game, uh, boss Pogba out the game. Um so, yeah, they've been a little bit more reserved. You've seen a lot of kind of 2 0 kind of scorelines with PSG. But, yeah, it's, it's an interesting trip this to Nice. Nice being really good for both teams to score backers this season, uh, which is quite unlike them. They've usually been an unders team. Um, but under Patrick Vieira this season, they've been a little bit more offensive, it seems. Um, so I quite like the look of both teams to score and over 2.5 goals here, which is 21 to 20 uh, best price. I think I think that represents a bit of value just because it's been landing in a lot of Nice games um, this season. They actually saw six back-to-back 2-1 scorelines. Um, so maybe Dutch the 2-1, Nice 2-1, PSG as well. It could be a nice option. Um, I could see it. I think most likely scoreline is 2-1 PSG here. So I will have half a point on that as well. I'm not sure what price it is, um, but I guess it'd be around seven or eight to one. Um, so I, I think they're they're a good thing. But Nice got taken over finally in the summer by Sir Jim Ratcliffe, and they kind of did all their business on the on the last kind of day of the transfer window. Uh, it was long touted that they'd bring in. Um, a number of interesting players. Casper Dolberg came in from Ajax, who was obviously very highly rated there, but after their good season last season, he kind of found himself down in the pecking order with Tadic moving in the centre-forward. Um, Adam Unas came in from Napoli as well, and they've still got Cyprian there as well. He's a really good player, I think. But um, And Saar, the centre-half, is a really, really good young player too, but I'd 
I think they're lacking a bit at the back, in all honesty. Um, Yusuf Atal's a good player as well. He likes to get forward from full-back. So I think they'll score here, Nice, to be honest. I know PSG have been better at, at the back, but um, this will be one of their trickier trips. I think Nice will be in the Europa League kind of contention this season if they can get their act together a bit more. Um, so, yeah, I like goals. Both teams to score another two and a half. The odds against appeals. Um, I have a little tick one, two, one PSG too. Interesting, interesting. I'm going to actually go completely against that. I'm going to have a point on the underline, which is set at three, mate. Um, that's 43 to 50 uh, with Marathon Bet. I actually don't think that's a bad price. So, um, with that bet, obviously, you need four or more goals for it to lose. If there's three, then you get a void. Any less than that, then you get a full payout. Um, from PSG's perspective, I think Neymar, um, I know it's self-explanatory, but he really does make them tick. Um, and he's out for another month um, or so after uh, suffering a hamstring injury on international duty. So I do think that's a, a very big blow for them. Um, just on Kylian Mbappe as well, he's publicly said that PSG aren't quite as menacing this season as they have been in previous seasons. And I think this is reflecting in the over-under market this year. We're seeing quite a lot of support for the unders this year for PSG, which is interesting. So um, hopping on them ASAP is becoming a profitable process. And like I said, I'm happy to do that here. Um, as for as for Nice, from a Nice perspective, um, just touching upon their goalkeeper, Walter Benitez, I think he's an excellent goalkeeper. As I've mentioned before, you know, when you're back in unders, you want to be looking at your goalkeepers. I think that's a big tick in the box, personally. And I do have reservations about them creatively going forward. As we've said, Tom, they bought in Kasper Dolberg. Um, but I do think they do lack a bit of that creativity. Uh, they're generating just 0.49 XG from open play, which is actually less than Man United. So um, it's actually one of the worst in Europe. So I do think there is a few issues there in terms of creativity and maybe scoring goals, but they are generally very well organised under Patrick Vieira. So I don't think this is a simple trip down south for PSG personally. So I'll have a point on the under, under three Asian goals at 43 to 50 with Marathon Bet. Right then, boys, on to our bet of the week, the time where Ant gets his NFL selection out. Ant, where are you <laughs> heading this week in the uh, in the States, mate? You got anything good lined up for us? Uh, yeah, we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to New York. There we go. We're gonna go uh, the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, are travelling to uh, the New York Giants, and I like the look of over 55.5 points in this game with Skybet and I think it's 6-4 to four with them. Um, I'll give you a little bit of insight to both of the teams. Uh, the Giants are just about to get uh, the star running back Saquon Barkley back. They're going to get the tight end Evan Ingram back who's one of the best, well, say one of them, the better up-and-coming tight ends in the league. Um with Daniel Jones now a quarterback, they've got um they've got a, a quarterback who's going to be able to put points on the board for them. Um, he's much better at the moment than Eli Manning was um in this system. Um, since they've come in, I know if you look at the the last couple of results, they haven't scored plenty of points, but that's due to the injuries they've had with Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard as well, who's a a really good wide receiver. Um. They're going to be back. So, in that first game where Daniel Jones started, I think the Giants put 
31 points up on the road away at Tampa, who were a, who were a decent side themselves. Um, as for the Cardinals, they've got the number one draft pick and Kyler Murray, um, who's quarterback for them. He is, if you watch him play, he's rapid. I've never seen a human move quicker than him <laughs> within American football. He's absolutely rapid. I couldn't get over it the other night. He's so quick. Um, but he's also got an absolute rocket of an arm. Um, he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, the last couple of games, they've managed to put up 30-odd points. Um, they put 33 points, uh, sorry, 34 points up in, in the game on Sunday. And they look really good. And they look to be settling into this. Sunday's a new head coach, Cliff Klingsbury. Um, I really like it. I think the, the two teams that are pretty well matched, Arizona, and they've got a losing record at the moment, so they need, really need to win the game. The Giants are probably going to look to establish the run with Saquon Barkley, but I, I think if, you know these two teams could go hammer and tongue at each other, I think it's a really good option. Um, over 55.5 points, I, I don't think there's a lot for each side to do either, to be honest. You're looking at a a 31-24 scoreline, maybe a bit more, sorry, uh, I can't do maths, <laughs> so maybe a bit more, but I think you're going to get you're gonna get a really good game, so um, yeah, I really like it, um, and I'd definitely say it's my bet of the week, so I'd probably put three points on that, a six to four, I think we've got a really good angle, um, and I think these bets are, they are pretty, they're pretty entertaining as well, so uh, when you watch them, I know you you two don't follow it, but for me, they're pretty entertaining. And Tom, bet of the week for you. I mean, we put that, uh, well, you put up that Albania bet last week, which was absolutely battered in and eventually won, hoping to get a nice little winner in on the bet of the week this weekend. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I'm going to shock you and actually back a side who haven't won this season. Uh, I can't remember the last time they won to be honest, which isn't a great start, but Bolton are starting to get their act together. Um, Keith Hill's come in there with David Flitcroft, who know, know this league very well. Um, and they've they've bought that raft of players in on deadline day. They've had a, a good month now to settle in and get uh, back up to fitness. I watched the game against Blackpool to my detriment last week, which was a very dull nil-nil game, but we've called that bang on on the punter's page with a draw and under 2.5, both landing comfortably. Um, and the draw does worry me in this, so I'm not going to go for the 19-10 to 10 on Bolton to win. Uh, I'm going to take them uh, plus zero on the Asian handicap. It's pretty much the same bet as draw, no bet, Bolton. Um, but you get a bit of a better price with bet Victor. 10 to 9, um, so just over even money. I'll have three points on that. Um, I don't think they'll lose this at all because I've seen quite a bit of Rochdale this season. Backed them for relegation anti post just because they haven't really got that much quality. And in Barry Murphy, they've got a kind of a rookie manager who did do well when he came in last season. Um, but I think it kind of starting to catch up with him a bit this season. They've been in poor form, but they did get a win last time out against Accrington. Um, 2-1 with the evergreen Ian Henderson on the score sheet again, who always seems to be up there when it comes to the top goal scorers. Even if Rochdale don't do well, I think he 
he's a massive player for them, but he does a lot of his good work at home, I think. Um, on the road, Rochdale don't look the best to me, and they do look gettable, especially at the back. So I think Bolton, even though they're not scoring tons, um, they're not conceding many either with Hobbs and uh, Zuma at the back. I think it's Kurt Zuma's brother who plays for Bolton at the back. Um, very similar big lad. He's only 19, I think, but he's been really good. Um, they've got Bridcut in uh, defensive midfield. He's just a, a scrapper and um, low as well. He's got a quite a defensive midfielder. So they've got a nice base there, Bolton. And it's, it's quite wise from Keith Hill what he's doing, building from the back uh, to try and get them going up the table. Obviously, it's going to be a massive ask for them to stay up this season with a points deduction, but I do think they'll um, give it a good go under him. Daryl Murphy up front's a good player for this division. And Verlinden, who's come on loan from Stoke, I expected him to start this season for Stoke after his really good kind of cameos at the end of the season last time out, but they decided to loan him out. And he looks like he could provide the spark for them, which uh, they really do need. Um, I think they can turn it around this week because Rochdale aren't great. They're in the bottom five on most of the data metrics as well. Um, obviously, Bolton are bottom of all these data metrics, but it's it's kind of mm. obvious that that'll be the case with what happened with them earlier in the season, pretty much playing an under-18s team for a couple of months. Um, it's improving now, and defensively, they have been good. So I think they don't lose this game, so... To get them with a plus zero, scratched out on the edge and handicap, the odds against, I'm more than happy to get involved with that. Um, and hopefully they win to bring about full profit. But if they draw, we don't lose anything. Perfect. Well, let's hope for a Bolton result at the weekend. I'm going to go to France for my bet of the week and have a point on this as per usual. Rams are playing Montpellier. I'm going to back under two Asian goals at 89 to 100 in marathon bet. Um both of these sides got wins prior to the international break, and they're both in quite favourable league positions as well. And they've got a few favourable fixtures coming up, so neither have really massive incentive to win this game. Um, we've got two coaches here in David Guion and Michel de Zakarian, who are very pragmatic in their approaches, and that reflects in the data. Um, both sides' underlying process in, in relation to their defensive abilities is very, very good. Only PSG and Lyon are actually conceding a lower average XG against figure than the pair over the course of the season so far. And just from a price perspective, the market very much supporting the unders when both of these sides play, especially when Montpellier played away from home. There's already been some massive price moves on this underline and similar for Rams. The only time when the price has really shifted in the opposite direction massively is when they hosted Monaco in game week six. There's been plenty of money piling in on the uh, on the overs for Monaco as per usual this season. So I personally think this is a good price. Um, of course, we profit if there's uh, one goal or less in this game. If there's two goals, we get that void. So a little bit of insurance there anymore and we lose our stake. But personally, I think this has got a bit of a snooze fest written all over it, if I'm being honest. So let's hope for that. Right then, boys, let's conclude with our long shot for this week. And then Ant... Coming to you first for your long shot for this weekend, please, mate. Uh, I've got another NFL one that I can bore you with. Yeah. <laughs> go on, far away, mate, far away. Uh, i give it a go. Right, so uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, uh, at the Chicago Bears. Um, 
New Orleans Saints come into the game with a five and one record, so you'd think to be pretty strong in this game. You think to be, you know, probably odds on to win. Playing on the road in the NFL is really really difficult, and the Chicago Bears are really really good. Sad, they've got a really good defense. Um, they've got a three and two record. They've just played in London, but they just lost to the Oakland Raiders. A key point from that game is the Oakland Raiders shouldn't really win. They shouldn't really win. They're not as good of a side. They're not better. They shouldn't be beating that defense. Really, is what I'm trying to say. Um, the Saints come in the five and one. They've got a backup quarterback, which probably adds to this, to this price. Um, however, it's the highest paid backup quarterback in the league, and in the last couple of games, he's been very, very good. He manages that game really, really well. Um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he decides to go thirty odd points to go and win thirty. 30 points to 24, I think it was. Um, I really like the look of it. The Saints defence has been performing really, really well. Um, the Bears really struggled um, to stop the run as well. Saints have got a really good running back in Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, who, and they really, really do get a good um, good value out of those two running backs. They, they scheme the game really well and, and set up really good plays. I just really like, I really like it. I think... The Saints defence will get after the backup quarterback of the Bears, which is Chase Daniels. I don't think he's very good. I've never really fancied the Bears outside of their defence um, and to put up enough points. Um, so at 31 to 20, the Saints are with a 5 and 1 record going into Chicago against the backup quarterback. I really like them. I, I really like it. I really like the look of it. Um, so I think. I probably have two points on that as a long shot. I really like like the look of it. The Saints went into Seattle and their defense performed superbly. There was a few turnovers, a few returns, uh, defensive touchdowns as well. So I, I don't really know why it's odds against. Well, I, I do know why, but I, I don't know. Don't really believe the Bears should win this game. Um, so yeah, I'll be going for the New Orleans Saints to win in Chicago. And Tommy, we're talking off uh, La Liga for your long shot this weekend. Yeah, I've got to be honest, I found it quite tough to find any big prices that stood out. Um, that Lindelof one at 92 did interest me, um, but it's a bit short for a long shot. I tend to look for something a bit bigger than that. So I'm going to go into the correct score market um, in the Sevilla versus Levante game. Um, it's kind of similar thinking to the Man City Palace game where I think Sevilla to win in both teams to score looks like a great bet but it is quite short um, I think it's even shorter than the 13 to 8 you can get on Man City it's something like 6 to 4 um, in places so I'm going to take a correct score approach and back 3-1 Sevilla which is 21 to 2 so touch it over 10 to 1 that 10 half to 1 um, that's best price with bet hard um, so I'll have one point on that as I say some, Levante are a team that are really entertaining to watch in La Liga um, they like to attack but they do look quite susceptible at the back they did lose 3-1 against Betis the other week I was, I was watching that game uh, so that correct score cops there uh, away at Betis so I can see something uh, similar happening again when they go back down to Seville uh, second time in a month um, but 
Sevilla, they've lost the, the games against the teams that they probably expect to lose against Real Madrid and Barca. That Barca game was quite something to watch um, uh, the other week. I think they ended up with three sendings off. The referee was is pretty much the Spanish version of Mike Dean. If you managed to see any of him, he, he loves the limelight, this guy. can't remember his name, but um, I'll see what, what game he's doing this week and give that a watch because he's always entertainment. Um, but yeah, so Sevilla are good against these kind of teams, especially at home. They usually are very good. They start the season really well under Lopetegui. Uh, they've dropped off a little bit, but as I said, they've played some tough teams. Uh, in that run and they like to play attacking football too um, they just need to get their, the strikers that they've brought in firing they've got Daber there who, who came from Salzburg Luke de Jong who banged them in for PSV and Chicharito as well so it's quite, quite an amalgamation of strikers from all, all over the place it will take time for them to settle in but um, they've got enough threats there and I like the midfield severe so I, I think they'll win this Pretty comfortably, but I do think they'll concede because Levante are a threat going forward. So the three-one over ten to one has to appeal to me. Um, so I'll just have a point on that. Twenty-one to two, that is. Perfect. Well, let's hope for an entertaining game in Spain this weekend. Then, just to reiterate, as we uh, sort of listed it off earlier in the podcast with uh, my long shot, it's going to be two-one Man City at ten to one with Bet Victor and three-one Man City at eleven to one with Bet Three Six Five. Dutch those score lines for half a point, and I think those are both providing great value at the prices. Right then, fellas, another week done and dusted on the podcast. Really good insight as always. Thanks for everyone for tuning into the Punters podcast. Do check out the website before the weekend, thepunterspage.com. Follow us on Twitter as well at the Punters page and subscribe to the channel if you aren't already. Me and Tom will be back once again next week. Do take care until then and let's hope for a profitable weekend. <laughs>